and this is Pondering Bhutan with Ajishi Otaro and Hachimitsu Boy. I'm Connor, and I'm here with my co-host Neve. Hi, I'm Neve. This is a lighthearted and uproarious comedy podcast that's dedicated to Eiji Nonaka's manga series, Cromartie High School. And today we are continuing our read-through of Volume 4 with Chapter 84, Stray Cat. Uh, which is, of course, a, a continuation of our ongoing uh, taking care of pets. Plot arc. arc. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about this when I was reading the chapter <laughs> earlier. That might I'm sure that's surprising to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I'd be thinking about it while reading the, the chapter. Uh, but I realized that there's kind of like two intertwining arcs here. Um, the one being the uh, ventriloquism arc mm-hmm. with Yamaguchi and his uh, crew, like distraught. Yeah. And then the this really odd, uh, like, Crow High Pets Club thing. Yeah. Uh, I didn't quite know what to make of that, or if there's anything to, to make of it. But it's just, like, they're clearly intertwining in that... <laughs> uh, <laughs> That in and of itself is, like, notably strange. Well, and, like, right now, there's no intersection. At least right now. We'll see if intersections develop. But, like, it's, like, one week will be ventriloquism. The next week will be Pet Club. You know? Right. Back and forth. And both of them are, like, developing out of kind of older plot arcs so the pet club one is developing out of the like koshian baseball club stuff Mm -hmm. which then itself comes from the like the really boxing arc yeah uh and the pet club stuff is also developing like the maeda maeda has no like uh presence sort of thing by yes. like focusing in on Maeda, but also Maeda is less like uh particularly mundane, I feel like, for Cromarty. Uh Absolutely. like we're getting we're getting more of Maeda and we're seeing how much uh unlike um Kamiyama, who we get introduced as like this is just sort of a regular kid, right? Um who's being thrown to like the pack of, of lions, you know, that is um Cromartie and all the the delinquents there. Yeah, he's the the rabbit amongst lions. Yeah, but we quickly learn that Kamiyama is in fact also weird and has his own <laughs> peculiarity, like intense yes. peculiarities that are are not delinquent, but that are still making him like not feel like just a normal student. Um. In many ways, Maeda continues to kind of feel like a normal student. There are ways that he, like, bulks against getting pulled into the orbit of Cromartie in some of these chapters, you know? Yeah, Um, he just has, like, an inertia about him. Yeah. That is, like, part and parcel of his overall normalcy, which itself is, like, read as, like, the indistinction. Or, like, part of the indistinction. Yeah. And some of that, some of that too, is the way that like 
when you're kind of just in this environment, you might start falling into like, this is the normal that's around me, uh, right? But you always mm-hmm. get that sense with him. Um, and there's also this way that the pet club is like him, especially falling into like almost this like rural mundane life. Um, yeah. Right. Like and even this the chapter in particular, like, we, yeah, yeah, we get him like yeah. going into this, like, Oh, like I am working a farm. I like know when to feed the animals and things because I've like, my life is like taking care of these animals. Um, yeah. And like the narration with that, the chapter opens with. Yeah. Is it instantly sets like a mood? It like kind of establish like there's a genre inflection here. Yeah, that's like the sun's light shone dimly through a crack in the clouds, as if heralding the impending winter. Yeah, and it's like the shot of the barn, and then the sun in the Mm. background. It's like very much establishing like. You know, with a pitchfork, moving hay. Yeah. Uh, so you're like immediately get the pastoral type, like genre invoked. Uh, and then that continues with like, I mean, that is kind of the narrative. <laughs> I mean, at least of the first like quarter of this chapter. Uh, and then uh, obviously it gets it gets much stranger <laughs> mm-hmm. um, as it goes. Uh, but yeah. And then like that, the fact that like Maida is in this type of story. So he, he like snaps out of it and is like, wait, what am I doing? I'm, I'm a student. Uh, I'm a delinquent. Like, why am I having these thoughts? Um, I've been brainwashed. Or, like, I was on the verge of being brainwashed, like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, So we have this, like, break in the genre framing uh, Mm -hmm. where he's, like, going back to normal Maida as the student. Yeah. But I think it's funny how, like, his... (laughs) the Like, the role that he's playing in this, like, genre thing is, like, almost an exaggeration of... It, like this the like his normalcy quote unquote but then also yeah. like his normalcy the fact that he's like a blank slate is also what allows him to like uh be brainwashed into doing this uh i feel like that's part of the joke is that he's like yeah this empty <laughs> uh empty thing that can be like filled up with uh somebody else's like expectation or something yeah uh, which then also gets the the great inversion where, you know, he's like, I'm going to put an end to this whole thing. Um, and then me- immediately the next page is like, uh, hey, we all decided that we're like sick of pets and we don't want to get rid of them. We know this is going to be a big blow to you, Maeda. And Maeda is immediately <laughs> like, you can't just get rid of the pets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I care uh, about them. Don't you care about the animals? <laughs> but also like for kind of the for all kind of like for all a different reason as well um mm. because he's like oh i'm gonna put an end to this uh meaning like well i guess we don't know what it means uh I, I, you don't get the dent that he's like oh i'm gonna end the pet club or whatever he's just like you know this is unfair 
why am I the one taking care of the pets? Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. And then he goes in and it's like, oh, we're just going to get rid of the pets. And like, because that position is so extreme, like it forces him back into the, <laughs> into the role of like, no, <laughs> we can't get rid of the pets. And like, it reinforces their assumption that he like really cares about the pets. Yeah. But there is this tinge of his reaction as being like, you know, there was the whole boxing thing. Then we had the whole baseball club and that never went anywhere. Now we have a like pet club and you're going to do something else. Like, yeah, but oh, yeah, like, like these are living just like things, actually though. commit to something. Yeah. Yeah. And also like these are living things. So you can't like mm-hmm. just have be so fickle in the same way. Yeah. Um, And then the chapter starts getting really strange. Um, uh, where Kamiyama, I mean, it, is it strange? Have you have you put yourself into the position of Maeda before? I don't think I, I don't think I have, and I don't think that's possible. Well, I don't think I, I don't know how you can call what happens next strange. Then, unless you are <laughs> able to, in this moment, become Maeda. Mm. Well, I'm being unfair. I'll give you a week. Come back next next time we do this podcast, Connor. I need you to be Maeda, to have inhabited Maeda, and then I will believe that you are able to correctly understand the situation is strange. Okay. And not just a logical progression. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I can do that. Um, I'm definitely doing that because I want to and not just because I'm prone to suggestion uh, because I'm I'm indistinct. Uh, to go back to your earlier comment about Kamiyama, mm-hmm. Kamiyama is this weird, like, horseshoe theory of delinquency, <laughs> 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 where he's, like, so anti-delinquent that he's just, like, wrapped around and, like, essentially become a delinquent again. Uh, and I think, like, I mean, one example is the pencil scene. This is like the classic crow high example where there's like seemingly he's operating on this like naivete because he's just like, is so uh, like confounded by the delinquency. Like it's so foreign to him uh, that he just doesn't even like, he's just so confounded that like he can't think to do anything else, but like test it, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But then like in the course of doing that, he's just like doing some really delinquent shit (laughs) by like, by like starting shit uh, and like escalating the situation. Yeah. Uh, And in this chapter too, I felt like this where it's like, Kamiyama, his, like, positioning in the manga is really, I, I mean, it's really well done, um, but it's also just, like, fun and interesting. Yeah, because... there's a way that when when the manga starts, you're like, oh, Kamiyama does not fit in at this school, right? Like, yeah. everybody else at the school is different than him. And he's our point of view because, like, they're strange and he's, like, normal or something like that. But 
at this point, like, you know, we're in the middle of volume four. <laughs> I can't imagine Kamiyama at a normal school. No. Cromarty <laughs> High School feels like the appropriate school for Kamiyama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's yeah. absolutely no way uh, he could be somewhere else. There's a way in which there's there's like the trope of the the class president, you know, um, of the like whatever high school anime you're watching. You have like the class president who's like uh, trying really hard is usually probably as part of the trope going to be like uh, feeling the weight, the like burden, that pressure of being like. Making you know, sure class, getting the like great everything's scores in order. And, yeah, and... making sure everything's in order and everything. Um, and that's like, you know, there, there's a way that it like goes into the, the you know, burnt out, like overachiever kind of stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually that like class president is still going to in some way reflect the genre of like what the thing, like even where where there's less of the actual school dynamics like even in ray earth like umi is still kind of a class president character you know yeah. and that like means something for like the dynamics of of ray earth as well yes kamiyama is like you know this is not confirmed but like if you told me somebody else was the class president and not kamiyama that would feel like a joke right like yeah. Kamiyama within the world of Cromartie High School is filling into this like trope in this role of class president. Um, yeah, like if Hayashido is like somehow class president. Yeah, I mean, that, that would, would be, be a like, good joke. Oh, in the joke is because you would expect it to be Kamiyama, right? Um, but there's also the way that like Kamiyama so clearly fits into the class as the class president as the one who's like always trying to maintain order, but also like, uh, sometimes just like not. Yeah. Like sometimes Uh, just like part of the chaos. Yeah. Sometimes like strained under the weight, but less in a way where like that strain is like this psychological, like burnt out situation that he's in and more just like, uh, Kamiyama is, is all like, Kamiyama would be like the goofy side character in a normal school, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, it, and if he was under like, it in terms of like fully committing to whatever the delinquency is somehow, you know? Yeah. I think Kamiyama in like a normal school would be oblivious, but in like uh, an occasionally malignant way. Yeah. He would be the Hayashida. Uh, the Hayashida <laughs> of Cromartie High School, Kamiyama would be that in a normal high school. You know? Yeah. Like, mostly harmless, but also oblivious and capable of harm in that obliviousness. Yeah. Or, like, and and see, this is the weird thing about Kamiyama, because he is, like, you're pointing out the class president trope, and I think mm-hmm. that's absolutely the case. Um but there's also like the intelligent, organized, orderly element to him where like he yeah. does have this obliviousness, but that's like strangely arising out of his like his own fixity and like his own he has this way of understanding the world that is like highly uh 
conditioned or like de- or, or determined by those like elements of that trope. So again, like the orderly, yeah. uh, like overachiever, um, like and uh, and all of that. But then the result of that, when he's like confronted with the strangeness, is that he sometimes just like he instead of like he takes it at face value, and then him like taking it at face value becomes like an escalating. <laughs> Uh, Cause then he's like responding to it as just like, again, as just like a normal or like face value phenomenon. Uh, yeah. And then him like responding to it in this different way, it escalates it considerably. Um, like I'm thinking about the, the train chapter where he like <laughs> comes out of the bathroom and there's the line and everyone's like, Oh, I'm going to like, we're all going to kill each other. Uh, to fight over the bathroom. And instead of being like, whoa, this is scary. <laughs> uh, or like, oh no, don't get violent. He's just like, he goes like class president mode. And he's like, oh, yeah. well, let's just resolve this logically. Like here, I'm going to create, uh, we're going to do like draw straws, like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then that like, it turns the situation, but it just makes it like e- even more bizarre. Uh, and then also has this like fixity to the solution, like the let us make a fair solution where everyone has an equal chance now to be the next person to go into yeah, the bathroom. Let's be highly logical and just. And then this. that yeah. that includes him, the person who just came out of the bathroom. And so when he <laughs> then successfully, like you know, it's not drawing straws, but like you know, American equivalent, um, draws the the right straw is like, well, it's my turn now. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, of course I have to go in now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then like, so you have all of that and you have him functioning as like the, the POV for the reader in the various ways. Um, Cause that's, a, that's multifaceted, but then the way that he just like, uh, the manga, like moves his position around very like, quietly and subtly um so that he like in this uh at the structure of the chapter uh kamiyama like appears in this chapter as like the spokesperson for the other students yeah right like he's like part and, and of also, this decision <laughs> it, but also like operating in this role too of like well i'm the person who uh is like better able to have these conversations with people. Like we all know how much Maeda cares about the animals. Um, we as a group have decided this and I'm going to be the one who will then go forth and like have the conversation. Cause I'm the person capable of doing it. Right. Yeah. The process of like implementing this <laughs> yeah. it will be done in such a way and like very <laughs> logical and orderly, but like without recon without recognition of the fact that like, the basic absurdity of (laughs) the choice that has like been made. Uh, And then like him just being like part of the group, uh, like, like merged into the group again, suddenly uh, really makes this trip work well. Uh, And then like, of course it sets up the, um, 
all of the stuff we're talking about then sets up like the next move, which is the whole cat thing. Yeah. Which also starts with another part of the group. Hayashida having more just like natural emotional responses to what's happening of like, you know, you're getting all mad at us for like moving on. We didn't do anything with baseball club. Like, Hey, like Freddie learned how to do a hundred mile per hour pitch. Like, you know, there's stuff going on. And then it's like, don't you feel sorry for the, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it being like, don't you feel sorry for sorry for the animals? Haven't you thought about how they feel? And being like, I don't know how animals feel. I'm a human. Like, you know, <laughs> just like this very, like, immediate. But then Kamiyama, like, jumps in on this. Being like, going into, like, a, a deeper, like, can we as human beings <laughs> truly understand something that is, like, outside of our anthropocentric, like, understanding of the world? Can yeah. we, like actually truly fully understand and empathize with like what an animal feels because our level of like communication is minimal at best you know yeah and it's so Um, foreign like their cognition is just so foreign and that that like everything that we have (laughs) is like based on observations and assumptions of like this observation of this animal suggests that they think this you know yeah, but all of that is subject to bias. Yeah. Like, anthropocentric uh, bias. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the moment of Kamiyama being like, But then, like, like truly wait. commits to, like, we are, Im- it is impossible for humans to break out of the anthropocentric idea, the, our, like, way of understanding things. Uh, anything that, like, we we perceive an animal feeling is just something we're projecting onto them. Yeah. Uh, but the moment of Kamiyama being, like, Hold on now, Maida. <laughs> Hayashida has a point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like the perfect uh, example of uh, the Kamiyama like function. Yeah. Uh, and then like the fact that he prolongs the debate. Because again, the other thing with Kamiyama being like, he just always sees it through. Uh, like regardless of what the uh like with almost no again this kind of like tunnel vision uh so he's just like going to he's like in the logical process mode and so he's just going to go all the way through this and in the course of doing it is like escalating it (laughs) again dramatically uh by like ultimately uh well, breaking Maida down. Uh, so Maida just, like, can't hang with Kamiyama here. Uh, and, I and like, seemingly has not actually thought about this stuff. Um, yeah. And then the, like, I think this is the moment where I, like, laughed out loud the most. Uh, is the, like, then maybe you should try becoming a cat. Uh <laughs> Which I guess we can just call Kamiyama's Gambit. Yeah. Uh, But this one is like... Even with all the setup that we're talking about, this is still just so jarring (laughs) when it comes in, because it's such a leap. Uh, Even from like the preceding conversation, it's just so like... (laughs) It's such a ridiculous leap um, that it feels like 
this is one of those moments where you're like, is Kamiyama actually delinquent? Because uh, he's just doing like shithousery type stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then like, yeah, just the two panels of like Maida breaking down, being like, so now he's fully like been put back in the position of like the animal lover. <laughs> uh like, no, those animals and I had a connection, an understanding. Uh, he's, like, grabbing his head in agony. Yeah. And then Kamiyama's like, then maybe you should try becoming a cat. <laughs> uh, and then that panel, and then Maida's reaction. It's <laughs> like, huh, a cat? <laughs> uh, um, and then cutting again to, like, the, the following panel with Kamiyama, just, like, stone-faced, dead serious. Yeah. Like, not at all missing a beat. Like, just full-on, like, continuing on the uh, the philosophical argumentation. Yeah. If you can fully comprehend a cat's way of thinking, I will accept that animals and humans can understand one another. I want you to prove that you can fathom the animal mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then Maida being taken in by this is, like, it's just, it's so Maida. Yeah. Uh, the... Also, great, like, exhibit of uh, the way that Kamiyama operates as well is Maeda tries for a week to, to be a cat, um, you know, including eating fish flakes, um, wearing cat ears and finishing sentences with meow, uh, <laughs> and then finally gives up and is like, you know, I, I, I understand, like... It does. No matter how hard I try, I just can't like actually think like a cat. I'm never gonna actually become a cat. Um, and then, of course, this is like almost humorously like the the whole thing with um, like hitting the pillows with the sticks and the the you know the the plushy um, part yeah. as well. Uh, having this like sudden inversion of like you've made an excellent cat because like you don't have the pride, you know there's like this ego and pride that is a part of what makes someone human. And now that you've like lost this by going through this process and like feeling and admitting to defeat, like that is the cat thing <laughs> <laughs> to Kamiyama uh, at least. Uh, um, yeah. And then everyone there on cue, like clapping uh, and this ultimate like absurd tableau. <laughs> Of Maida like sleep deprived, <laughs> yeah, wearing the cat ears, uh, it just like deliriously <laughs> and like confusedly, uh, being lauded. And he's like, "Oh, I finally did it!" <laughs> um, yeah. And then Kamiyama like again, like having this like congratulatory face, but still like stone faced. As if he's just like, like sh- shittily, intentionally <laughs> creating this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then everyone clapping, uh, like suddenly are like cued into what's going on and like <laughs> uh, forming this audience. Uh, and I think this moment is like, the absurdity of the tableau here is also fun because of like, I think it makes you realize how far afield we are. 
at this point in the chapter from like where we started. Yeah. Um, which I mean, there's then the, the comedic ending of like, Oh, you, you weren't really trying to become a cat, right? Like, you know, when I said like become a cat, like there's this like implication of us. Like that was like a, this metaphorical thing, you know? Yeah. You, um, (laughs) just like, just like prove to me your like ability to set aside like these human parts of yourself to like fully empathize. Show me that like this commitment that you have, uh, in some ways. Um, and this would be like, we'll just go back to your old self. Like you weren't trying to really become a cat, were you? Um, and somebody is like, oh, so can I take these ears off now? And it's like, no, don't. <laughs> right. No explanation you... given. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, yeah, then this panel too, where everybody has like the same handout, like, no, don't do that. Uh, don't take them off. Um, again, really emphasizes the way like Kamiyama has become part of the group. Yeah. Um, which then I definitely think they're messing with you at the bottom. The little comment here from the, the author. Yeah. Um, uh, but Maida like nonetheless keeping the ears on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll, we'll see how, how far this goes. Uh, yeah. But yeah. This, this was a really great chapter. What, what was that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I would try. I would I would try to join you in the chorus of seal noises, but I'm afraid. <laughs> I don't know if uh, I don't know if we can really like it, inhabit yeah. that to the extent that we can do. Well, is it like I'll spend, a, I'll spend a week trying to become a seal? Yeah, you come back. You come back and prove it to me. I'll come back as a seal. You come back as Maeda. Thank you for joining us today. Next time we'll be reading chapters 85 and 86 from volume four. You can get the full schedule at exportaudio slash Bhutan schedule. If you have questions for us on the ghost service pod at gmail.com, you can get early access episodes of this podcast and many others becoming a $1 patron of the network at exportaudio and listen to me for the public feeds over $5. You get access to exclusive bonus episodes of a variety of podcasts on the network, but especially coffee and comic books, a podcast where they actually talk about podcasts about comics. Most of the time, uh, if you like this podcast, please tell a friend they can find the free feed at exportaudio dot io slash bhutan or by searching pottering bhutan on their podcast of choice if you like listening to us talk we do a lot more of that over at ghost divers which you can find at export odd io slash ghost divers or by searching ghost divers in your podcast of choice uh you can find the show at ponder bhutan on twitter or just at bhutan on ghost you can find me at fox one on twitter ghost and blue sky where you can check my pin tweet or pin shows but not pinsky because those don't exist yet uh to find links to all of my podcasts where can people find you connor y'all can find me at rabble r-a-b-b-l-e-a-s at uh twitter and co-host on Twitter and co-host, whatever preposition. And our opening theme is by Ningen Nan- or is Ningen Nante by Yoshida Takaro, and taking us out today is Stray Cat Strut by the Stray Cats. Class dismissed. Class dismissed.
with my tail in the air. Street can't strut, I'm a please cat. I'm a feeling Casanova. Got cat style.